Hey, hey guys. guys, it's Chanel and Ray, and welcome to Playdate Season. How does it feel to be back after our week hiatus? Feels like I'm recording for the very first time again. Honestly, we were two weeks ahead of our schedule, and now we're just barely making it a week in advance. Listen, life happens. To our three listeners, I hope you understand that we had to take a week off. Very stressful times in the streets. So, sorry, not sorry. You guys get it. Hang on a second. So, you said three followers? Oh, ding, ding. Looks like we got... We have one fan mail letter from our very own Chloe. Woohoo! Oh, are we going to read them at the end of the episode? Oh, I was going to read them now. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody can't wait. God, wait, seven weeks. (laughs) Let's do it. She said, hey, girls, I'm here to say I'm thoroughly enjoying your show, your vulnerability, hilarity, editing, and charm. It's something I look forward to every week. Keep it up. Manifest gods come through HelloFresh sponsor. Oh, if y'all are believers in manifestation, I would love to know y'all's thoughts on the matter. And if you could make your own ACL slash Coachella lineup, who would it be? Thank you and good night. Oh, Chloe, we love you. Okay, do you believe in manifestation? Do you practice? I never heard of the phrase until I feel like in recent months. I I get it now. And I mean, I think it makes sense. I think it's real. But here I am since 2018 been trying to manifest the same thing. But (laughs) (laughs) at this point, honestly, have no choice but to not believe. (laughs) That's so sad. That's like a bigger picture. I think when it's smaller things, things that actually matter, then yes, I think I believe in that. And then if you manifest better days ahead, there will be better days ahead. If you manifest a positive mindset, you're going to grow into having a pot. I don't, what am I saying? No, that makes sense. No, 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 no. That makes so much sense. It's almost like manifestation is setting goals for yourself and working to achieve them that's funny that you mentioned 2018 because that's whenever i started like really looking into it like how to manifest getting over this and dealing with this so i was looking at a lot of videos but didn't work for me (laughs) but i do think i don't know a lot about the subject but just focusing on positive energy and positive thoughts and like just trying to create a happier environment for yourself and that mainly starts from within like I want to be happy. I want this. I want to feel like this. So I think I do believe in it. But also you can be discouraged when it doesn't happen for you a lot sooner than it does or if it does. But you want it now. You want the good things now. Some people don't have the patience to wait for it or work for it. So I can see how people fall out of the practice. But just try to be as positive as you can with the universe's help. I'd say to be as positive as you can, but also to be as realistic as you can. Because I think that's where a lot of us get lost in translation with that. And that we get our hopes up and it's just premeditated expectations Mm -hmm. that are doomed to fail. Like if you're trying to manifest like a certain text from somebody. (laughs) Oh girl, let me tell you, since 2018, did I say since 2018 I've been trying to manifest the same stupid thing? (laughs)
to answer her last question, if we could make our own ACL slash Coachella lineup, who would we have? I mean, I know they have a lot of artists and that perform. So, I mean, I'm just going to narrow it down to five. Ooh. Okay, you know what? You go first because I got to <laughs> think. <laughs> I want to see the 1975 and Lainey. Hey, that was my number one. And then... You thought. <laughs> we'll have Beyonce close it out. Ooh. Allie and AJ can open. I've seen them like twice and it's spectacular. And the last person, Britney Spears, obviously. I knew you were going to say her. <laughs> I'm surprised she wasn't first. <laughs> can you imagine how strong that opening would be? <laughs> you see that? Beautiful. I think I'd have Maroon 5 open. Tatcha, you cut out again. Can you hear me? No. Maroon 5, followed by Hailey Kiyoko. I really like Taylor Swift, so she's got to be in there. And then I think I'd have Leon perform. She's my favorite. I love her. And for an emotionally epic closing performance, my favorite of all time, Lainey. Woo! Yeah. I'm really surprised I didn't say Taylor. Yeah, me too. But thanks, Chloe, for the questions. Our first Q&A. We love. Speaking of musica, I did a thing and I did. Shut up. Yes. I want to play a snippet for you. And I'm just not hearing this why. Suddenly. I can't hear <laughs> Suddenly. <laughs> Hello? Are you there? I'm ready. I'll play a snippet. Okay, okay. I love the single. I'm really glad that you're back in the studio making things and content like you used to, which is a perfect segue into the reason and the topic that we will be talking about today. For those of you who don't know, Cha Cha was once, will be again, a YouTuber. From the little age of probably 11 teen, she was gracing our internet screens with comedy skits and music videos and vlogs, and then suddenly she ghosted on us. Would you like to get into why you stopped creating or, you know, spill some tea? <laughs> I touched on this a little more in last week's episode, and I feel like I might have brushed over it super vaguely in another episode, but this is the very first time I'm openly talking about this. I don't even know where to start. I guess I can give a little bit of this? some background info. Oh boy. Okay, so Rahalis gave a lovely introduction to how I came about to be a content creator on YouTube. I started, yeah, when I was about 11 or 12 years old. And through making YouTube videos, I made several friends online. There's a friend I have in Florida, and there were two friends that I had in Pennsylvania. If you guys already know who I am, then you can put two and two together who these two influencers are. I will gracefully mask their identity. We'll call them Dixie and Danny. I've known them since 2012 and we've been in contact with each other for years. And it wasn't until 2015 where I bought a ticket 
to visit them at their first live performance in their hometown. And I surprised them. They had no idea I was coming. And that was the first time that we met in person. We hit it off like nobody's business and became such good friends. And I saw them every other month or I I think I'll say like every season is when I saw them. They were just so much fun to be with. And we shared so many common interests and we loved creating. I don't know. They were just a good group of friends that I had made. So it was so cool to watch them grow to become as big as they are today and still know them before they made it big. I started to grow closer to one of them and that was Danny. And summer was mainly our season of getting together and I would always stay with Danny and we would have so much fun. And then sometimes we meet up with Dixie and I'd watch them, you know, make their YouTube videos. And I was always their biggest cheerleader. I want to say it was like March of 2019. Danny decided to visit me here in Texas and that would have been her very first time ever visiting me and meeting my family and my fiance Brian, you know, and so she flew into town and Brian and I accommodated her and she stayed with us and I treated us to a day at the spa and she met my family and I showed her my childhood home and she was geeking out because she she was like, oh my gosh, this is the bedroom where you filmed that video. And this is the front porch where you filmed that video. And mm-hmm. it was really cool to see her out of her element, out of her hometown and just feeling like she was really grounded. And she even, you know, was excited to come with me to my home church. Her flight was delayed going back home because of the weather. I parked my car at the airport and stayed with her until I saw her make it through security because I was like, I'm not just going to drop you off and leave you here. Like I got you. So basically it was like I looked out for her. And even though I wasn't as close with Dixie, I still looked out for her too. Like I said, I was their biggest cheerleader. So a month later, Danny had invited me to visit her in Pennsylvania. And we were trying to figure out what would be the best weekend for the both of us. And she gave me a weekend that she was completely open. And I bought a plane ticket. And about two or three days before I flew out, she told me that she was having a meet and greet. And, you know, I was like, oh, when is that? And she told me that it was the same weekend that I was visiting her. And that kind of made me feel a little weird because, one, I've never been in a meet and greet. Like I said, my own meet and greet in 2017 was literally just meeting like three people. (laughs) Dixie and Danny were huge on YouTube and they still are. And it made me a little nervous, but you know what? I supported these two like nobody's business and I didn't think anything of it. I was just kind of like, okay, I mean, she wouldn't have overlapped our plans if she didn't think that this was a bad idea, right? Mm -hmm. I never told her that it was a problem with me because at the time, it wasn't. I just thought that she had the best intentions and was being mindful that I was coming into town that weekend, even though we had discussed that, you know, several weeks in advance. So I flew into town. She picked me up at the airport. She showed me her new house and we had a girls night in the hot tub, went to get her a new tattoo and I held her hand through it because she was really nervous and stressed out. So I'm like, I got you because my first tattoo that I've ever gotten, I got with her and we both have a tattoo on our wrist and we got that done in 2016. So she was really excited for me to come into town to get this new tattoo on her collarbone. And I didn't have any tattoo ideas in mind for me, but I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. I'll be there to support you and I'll hold your hand through it because I know it hurts. (laughs) I mean, we just had a great time. And then, you know, Saturday comes around and I have no idea what to wear to this thing. I have no idea how to be, what I'm going to be doing, nothing. So I was a little quiet. I remember that morning because 
I just didn't know what to do. There were so many people coming over to her house. I'm sure it was overwhelming for you. It was. And I was trying to keep it together to not show that I was stressed or Mm -hmm. anxious or anything. Because this wasn't my meet and greet by any means. I wasn't trying to take that away from her. But it was just a little like, you know, what am I doing? Yeah. She was telling her other friend who showed up that it would be about four to five hours because she wanted to meet everybody. And I'm like, four to five hours? And we're not starting till you know, I think noon. We had nothing to eat or anything like that. So I was like, okay, I just need to stay hydrated. I'm going to be okay. We show up to the meet and greet spot and it was a little antique shop on the corner of a really small part of town. And there were a bunch of Danny fans lined up who had been lined up out there all morning to meet Danny. Danny's friend and I were outside every now and then vlogging for her and meeting her fans because some of her fans recognized us from her show that she has on her YouTube channel. It's based off of Scream Queens if you want to put two and two together. <laughs> that was a little nerve-wracking to me because I just feel like I didn't want anybody to be like, oh my gosh, Chanel, Chanel, because it's not about me. Like, this is not my meet and greet. I'm just out here helping her and her friend get vlog footage. Like, I honestly, Ray, did not know how to act. Like, I just tried to smile the whole time. And I did a whole lot of smiling and a lot less talking. And apparently that wasn't good enough uh, for Danny. Mm. So basically, because this all happened over a year ago, I have this entire experience journaled and I'm just going to read off what actually happens the night everything went south and the days to follow. When the meet and greet ended, everyone was silent for the most part, except for she just kept on saying, I can't believe there were so many people. Wow, my makeup still looks amazing. And still none of us said anything. Danny asked me if I wanted mod pizza. And let me tell you, the night before this meet and greet, we were going to have pizza. But Danny decided to make me a homemade pizza because I have celiac disease. So she made the pizza and we ate it together and it fell apart in our hands like sand. And I was like, oh, dear. (laughs) So my craving for pizza kind of faded away after that. And she felt really bad and was like, you know what? Let me just order pizza from this shop that's close by. I order here all the time. And Danny tells me that she has celiac disease, too. So I'm like, okay, great. So it has to be gluten free. She goes, oh, yeah, it is. I I order from this place all the time. So this pizza, you know, delivers to her house. And I open the box and I look at it. And for anyone who has celiac disease or can't eat gluten, this pizza was thick. It was mega fluffy. And I just knew looking at it. I'm just like, what? And I like looked at the tag on top and it didn't say anything about being gluten-free. And I asked her again, I was like, are you sure this is gluten-free? And she's like, oh yeah, it is, it is. And I'm like, well, it doesn't say that on the tag and it definitely doesn't look gluten-free. I think I'll pass tonight, but you can have it if you want it. I mean, I just told her I was no longer craving for pizza. As soon as I pointed out that nothing on the box was labeled gluten-free, she spit it out and was like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. I cannot believe this isn't gluten-free. And I was just like, you said you order the yeah. same thing from this place all the time. So I was really confused. But anyway, going forward, we're back in the car after her meet and greet. Danny asked me if I wanted mod pizza. I just told her, I'll probably get something else. I'm not in the mood to have pizza two days in a row. And when I said that, she rolled her eyes at me. So her and her videographer got mod pizza while her driver and I walked to Chipotle. When we returned to the house, I took off my makeup, threw my hair in a bun, and changed into my comfy clothes. Danny's videographer and I were eating at the table while Danny was at her desk importing footage from the day. When out of nowhere, she turns to me and screams, You are so rude and so disrespectful. You mean to tell me you paid all this money for a plane ticket just to 
chill? Are you kidding me? And then you have to go and roll your eyes all day and I have to hear it from two people that you have a bad attitude and how I'm trying to be a good host but you roll your eyes yet again after my suggestion of mod pizza for dinner i turned to her and while i couldn't stop shaking because of my anxiety and feeling uncomfortable of being yelled at in front of her videographer i calmly responded in the tone that i'm actually talking in this podcast right now i said i just wanted to chill out for a little bit i figured you'd want to do the same because we've all had a long day and she interrupted me and she said well i'm the one that had a meet and greet and i agreed and i said you know this is why i was trying to also be mindful and consider that you'd you'd probably want to chill out for a little bit. She said, I'm already trying to do so much for you and I literally can't make you happy. And I said, it doesn't take much to entertain me. I'm completely content right now. And you saw my life in Texas. You were there. You have always known I'm super chilled out and laid back. So I don't know why you're stressing. She kept repeating herself and she said, well, I heard it from two people that you were being rude. And I asked her who and what did they say? And she said, oh, well, my friend said you were quiet and my other friend said you were probably tired or hungry. I said, okay, but they didn't say I was rude or disrespectful or had an attitude, did they? And while this is all happening, she was editing a picture for Instagram on her phone and ignored me. So I told her that I found it disrespectful that she decided to lash out on me in front of her videographer, who I figured was uncomfortable with what was happening, just like I was. I said, you know, when you do confront me, you can't even look at me in the eye because whatever you're doing on your phone seems to be more important than this conversation. After I said that, her eyes were still glued to her phone and she said, I'm just bad with confrontation. Sorry. And so I said, well, I'm fine. It's all good. I faced back forward to finish my Chipotle and honestly, I was ready to hurl because I could not stop shaking. I felt humiliated and disrespected and so I was texting Brian like, help, I need to talk to you. And he called me immediately. So I excused myself from the table and took the call from the basement, which is where I was staying the whole time. Throughout that call, I had several panic attacks and just felt so uncomfortable. Danny finally came down to the basement to talk to me about lashing out and she apologized, but she kept turning it back to me so I would be the one apologizing. And it just didn't make sense because I didn't know what I was apologizing for. Danny couldn't stop threatening that she had cameras in her basement and you never know who's watching Chanel. And what's even more uncomfortable is that she even told me to my face that she was so close to tuning in to her security cameras in the basement while I was on the phone with Brian earlier. Like, why would you tell someone that? Why would you even do that, period? Why did, why? And she was just putting a bunch of words in my mouth of things that I never even thought of, never even said to her that were not even my character. And you would think that being friends for all these years, she would know my heart and know that I've been nothing but there for her. And girl, I was sitting there with my swollen eyes thinking to myself, I don't have a single friend in my circle that I'm yelling at. Right? I don't even yell at my own sister. That is not normal. I had a hard time believing that she was sincerely sorry. The rest of the night was so awkward because I I just ended up packing up my stuff and she wanted to go to her parents' house to hang out there for the rest of the night. We went to her parents' house and I was like, hey, if you don't mind, I think I'm just going to call an Uber. You don't have to take me to the airport. And she said, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm too tired to drive. And so I called that Uber at five in the morning. <laughs> 
<laughs> she ended up walking me down the stairs and was hugging me. And she kept telling me that she loved me and that she couldn't wait to see me again. And girl, I knew that that was the last time I was ever going to see her. And so I hugged her and it really sucked because like mm-hmm. I said, I really, truly loved Danny and Dixie. I never even got to see Dixie during all of this, you know. <laughs> but I remember I hugged Danny and I told her, I'm like, I love you too. And I appreciate you letting me stay with you and your home. Good luck with everything. And I'll see ya. I remember you texting me during all of that chaos. <sighs> I didn't sleep at all. I'd been awake since Saturday morning, 8 a.m. for the meet and greet. And my flight was Sunday morning at 7 a.m. The whole just travel thing back to Texas was really bad because I ended up getting snowed in in Chicago at my connecting destination. It was an 18-hour delay. So I didn't end up coming home back to Texas until, you know, almost a day and a half later than I was supposed to. And my bag didn't even come in time. Like, it was so crummy. So I remember notifying my boss that I needed to take the day off because one, I needed to sleep. Two, my freaking clothes and makeup and skincare stuff was not even at my house. So I got the day off and I remember like waking up to a novel from Danny about how insensitive I was the entire trip in Pennsylvania, how condescending and insecure I was, etc, etc. I mean, it was the same old thing that I heard when I was there. This time it was just words in front of me that were burned into my head. And I told her, I'm like, it wasn't my intention to make you feel that way. I hope you know my heart and you know that I still showed up to Pennsylvania, even finding out that you had a meet and greet. And I still got ready to be there at your meet and greet, watch you meet your fans and support you. And I mean, I could have stayed home, you know, (laughs) I didn't like I was there to be there for her. I told her that I just needed some space and I was just exhausted. And she said, okay, as soon as she said, okay, I will admit I did a very immature thing that was out of impulse and I went through every single person in my phone who was affiliated with her and her sister and I blocked them from contacting me, blocked their numbers, blocked them from my social media accounts because it was in the talks that I was going to be in her upcoming season of her web series on her YouTube channel and I didn't want anything to do with it. My dad was supposed to be in it too and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I just needed to put that wall up because I was so shocked and hurt by everything that had happened in just 24 hours and felt like she wasn't hearing me, that she was just listening to her own thoughts of what she wanted to believe that were true. This has been a cycle that has happened almost every time I saw her and her sister. Mm -hmm. There was always a fight Mm -hmm. happening, whether or not it involved me, her and her sister, or her and her boyfriend, her and her parents. There was always a fight and I was always the middle man, I couldn't do it. It's draining. Every time I came back to Texas, I would just hug the crap out of my sister. I would hug the crap out of my family. I would squeeze the crap out of Brian and be like, I love you so much. I could never say ugly things to you. I'm just grateful for the relationships I have in Texas because being away from my family, my friends and Brian when I was in Pennsylvania, it just made me feel so much more grateful to have such loving relationships back in Texas. She apologized, but nicely kept saying, I was rude and condescending. I just felt like I couldn't continue being friends with someone who has zero compassion, values, understanding, loyalty, and all that. And I just couldn't do it anymore. It was draining and exhausting to be her friend. And I was done. 
Four or five days later, I was getting calls left and right from unknown phone numbers, numbers from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, you name it. And I knew it was Danny and how she was also using her friends to get a hold of me. She even messaged my dad and Brian on Facebook. Like, what? <laughs> I wasn't even ready to talk to her, but I knew that I needed to confront her that night. I saw her Twitter and there was an overwhelming amount of hate towards me. It was alarming, terrifying, and disgusting. And she even threatened on her account that she was going to make a, I quote, story time over this show. And she was telling her followers that it was me who, quote, used her. All these 12-year-olds came to my Twitter account and some of them were telling me to kill myself. Some of them were telling me that I was so ungrateful. These same people would go to my Instagram account. I had a public Instagram account once upon a time and they would just comment on my post telling me that I was ugly and I was so ugly I didn't deserve to live and DMing me even more death threats that they didn't have the guts to post on a public comment. These same people were also going to my YouTube channel channel, thumbs downing all of my videos, writing all these comments that I'm a snake, that I don't deserve to have a friend like who has given me the world, X, Y, and Z. No, you're right. No one deserves that. No one deserves that. A friend's like, what? Mm-mm, that is not a friend. Continue. I'm sorry. I'm angry just reliving it with you. Me too, girl. I'm shaking. No. It was so overwhelming. I knew that I needed to call Danny to address this because one, she is blasting me on every social media account that she has and it needed to stop. It was an invasion of privacy. It was, I mean, this was a personal matter and the fact that she was taking it publicly was so out of line and I was being bullied. So I tried calling her back that night and she blocked my number. A fan of hers, who she now calls a friend, ended up calling me. She said, I'm calling because I'm standing up for my best friend. You need to apologize to her. She gives so much to others. She doesn't deserve this. She deserves the world. I will always stand up for my best friend. So I just kept repeating myself. I have nothing to say to you and would appreciate it if you could have Danny call me since she blocked my number. I cannot believe a fan is calling me trying to play a game of telephone through a telephone that, that is so embarrassing like i have secondhand embarrassment that you have to stick somebody like that on someone you're having a disagreement with like who does that i am irritated continue the next person to call was a private number which was actually danny's sister dixie who kept saying she's really good at relaying messages to danny because danny is so hurt right now and i told her the same thing that i told the fan she said Okay, well, the difference between us is I'm good at confronting and you're used to people babying you. Bye. (laughs) I called Danny and it finally goes through and she answers. She mentioned a very special friendship of mine that ended up breaking in 2018 and comparing it to that situation, which she knew was like a knife through my heart because I was still healing from that. And she used that against me and that Listening to that again really hurt because Mm. weaponizing somebody's pain and using that against them is so uncalled for and I don't appreciate that (laughs) at all. I have so many thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I have so... Okay, I think the most frustrating part is that 
She didn't hear a word you said. That entire thing was about her. There was no respect. I'm I'm sure it's very hard to hear those things. But the last thing I'm going to do is list a grocery list of everything that I did and just completely make up things as to why you feel that way. Putting words mm-hmm. in your mouth. I would have just been like, look, I respect it. We don't. You don't want to be my friend, that's fine. Feel whatever I'm going to feel and then I'm just going to hang up. Like I'm no longer wanting to pursue after you've told me what you wanted, which I'm sure was not easy to hear, but she roasted you over things that were not true. Things you never said. I know. And also putting it in my face about money this, money that, and saying... Yeah, that part. You know, if I had a dollar for every time you shamed me, I'd be richer than I already am. And I'm like... We don't care about your money. We don't care. I never cared about the money. Nothing of what she was saying was adding up to who I am and what our friendship even was. It, It was so fabricated just like the videos that she put out fabricated spoiler alert she did nothing for you (laughs) that sounds so mean but like you didn't take anything from her i hate it i hate it i really do and i will say i did not know her i have no opinion than what i've seen of her roasting my bestie best but i will say i i didn't understand how y'all were compatible as friends honestly i think i've told you this before it didn't make sense to me because chanel is a very like you know she wanted to go and put on her comfy clothes and get comfortable and relax she's very laid back and chill and just the cutest little thing and to be in this materialistic world, I just didn't see how she would survive. And my baby got got. Spoiler alert, we did not survive. <laughs> <laughs> I get, like, you can be friends, like, opposite tracks. Like, you don't have to be very similar to your best friend. But that was very toxic. That was not a friendship. Yeah. You were miserable from what I, especially living that trip with you. You were texting me the whole time. I wanted to snatch you so fast. I would never treat any of my friends, not even an enemy, the way that she treated you. And I will say you gracefully grazed over your experience, but I was there mentally and emotionally. And girl, I would have left. I would have ran home, caught a horse, a whale, (laughs) flown a butterfly to get out of Dodge. I definitely feel like looking back at it, I know that there are some things I've learned that I definitely would have done differently. Like, I don't think I would have impulsively gone through and blocked and deleted yeah. everybody. That you know, I idea. feel like that was super <laughs> immature. It was. <laughs> I mean, I've talked about this with you and even with Brian. I'm like, you know, I should have just allowed distance and time to do its own thing. You know, I was never under contract to fly to Pennsylvania every season or anything like that. You know, I could have just been busy, you know, living my married life and working and, you know, just didn't have the time anymore, you know, just allowing friendships to naturally, you know, fade. So I feel like going forward or if I could do it differently, I definitely think I would have just let the friendship fade the way that it needed to organically. I agree with that. Like the whole blocking we could have done differently, but we, we did it. Mm-hmm. We learn. We live. We learn. Uh, look at you making it to the other side. That was a tough season for us.
for you. Oh, Rahalis. It was incredibly hard to let go of these friendships and to walk away from them knowing that I would not be coming back to this just to protect my heart and my emotional and mental well-being. I, it just wasn't good. And I, I really didn't see it getting any better ever. I feel like every conversation that I could have with these two, it would just go in circles. And I feel like I would always be misunderstood. I would always be put down. I would always be the one to blame and I would never be heard. So it was really hard. Um, I adored Dixie and Danny so much. I loved their family and I was so grateful for all the time and memories that we had together and I will remember them forever but I mean it's like what I've said in previous episodes and that is not everyone is meant to stay in your life forever. I feel like there are people we meet and sometimes they're meant to stay but sometimes they're just there for a season to give you an experience and teach you a lesson that you can take with you going forward into your future relationships and friendships and this is just one of those things that I mean I not only learned so much from the heartbreak of a friendship breakup but I also learned things that I know I could have done better I could have done differently and I definitely take full ownership and responsibility for acting out on my emotions impulsively and immaturely by blocking and deleting numbers and all that right then and there you know I feel like I should have allowed myself to feel the way that I felt and to come back to it another day when I felt that I was more in a balanced mindset rather than it being a negative mindset. It's hard, (laughs) but I didn't get over it. I got through it. And I'm so grateful that I kept going with my life when all I wanted to do was to not. (laughs) We all have that inner strength somewhere inside of us. And I feel like I really channeled that through one of the hardest seasons of my life. And not many people knew how greatly it affected me. It completely changed me into a different person. And I've said this in some previous episodes on our show that ever since April of 2019, I have really kept my circle small. I have become even more private with my life and I'm more observant and careful with who I talk to, who I open up to. And it was my choice. And just to make sure that I'm protecting myself from feeling that kind of pain again, from feeling that low of a person ever again, and to just project and radiate happiness, kindness, compassion, and love. I cannot thank my family and friends enough for getting me through that. After this call ended, she told me that we would talk a few days later. We just needed the space to breathe. But I found out that a few days later, she made a 26-minute video about me belittling my name, my image, my entire presence. All of it was a lie. It was a 26-minute video that I never watched. I have people in my circle who went through that for me and have completely warned me to not watch it because I was already in the lowest mental and emotional place in my life. Like I didn't want to live anymore. The death threats were too overwhelming and the 26 minute video being published was just the cherry on top of it all. And it was the video that made me delete everything as far as my public Instagram account. It's gone. My Twitter account 
went private. I gave up YouTube, disabled all my ratings, all my comments, and created Vlogmas 2019 in private. But, you know, I just really closed in on my circle and stayed low because even though I never saw the video, it was such an overwhelming negative response coming my way. It was just like darts being thrown every second at me. And I had no voice. I felt like no matter what I was going to say, no matter what I was feeling, it didn't matter. And so I just um, decided to step down and enjoy my life away from the spotlight, if you want to even call it that. I was not like a big YouTuber or anything, but that was my outlet. YouTube was my hobby. I never saw it as a job or anything like that. It was just a platform that I always turned to when I felt like I wanted to create. But once upon a time... Yeah, we were all friends and I can still love from afar. I just can't ever be in that circle ever again. Yeah, especially with like sticking the the little heathens on you. I can't imagine. I mean, I think I've experienced like face-to-face bullying. And so dealing with that, I feel like if it was me, the online wouldn't have bothered me so much because I'm not, I'm quick to like block and, you know, I'm desensitized at this point. But for you experiencing that for the first time, I can't imagine the things that you were seeing. I mean, I know some of it, but constantly getting that and blocked calls, I would never stick that amount of torture on anyone and that you have to deal with that silently when i was talking to you about this at the time you know you would really like try to get a laugh out of me because you'd be like i know these words hurt but you gotta think about it this way they're little like 12 year old people behind a computer screen, (laughs) behind a phone screen, angrily typing this stuff out to you, putting forward this energy to send these things to you. Like, that's kind of laughable, isn't it? And I mean, looking back at it, like, yeah, it is. It's silly. They had nothing better to do. They don't know me. I don't know them. And it's just Mm -hmm. crazy to think that there are people like that that think it is okay to send such hateful things, hateful words, hateful phrases and slurs when they probably 99% of the time would not be able to say them to my face. Mm-hmm. And they have hashtag change the world, hashtag be a better person, know what I'm bullying in their bios. I bet you 99% of them have something like that. That's the tea, y'all. That was my story. And I'm very proud of you. Rahalis is going to take the mic next week sharing her bullying story because like she said at the beginning, we've both experienced bullying just in different forms. Mine was online and hers was actually in person. We love a how we healed story, oh don't God. we? <laughs> is that all we do is just heal from trauma? Is that our yeah. life's mission? Is that what we're here for? Just to be traumatized? We're going to have happier topics, we promise. It's just, I don't know. Maybe yeah, right. it's the weather <laughs> or I don't know. But if anything, just treat people how you want to be treated and just because the person you love lashes out at somebody does not mean that you need to join forces just stop just love people 
Meet people where they are. Be kind. You never know what anyone's going through behind closed doors or behind their laughs and smiles. You Mm -hmm. just never know. So just be gentle. Everybody's going through something. With that, if you're listening right now and you have any questions or need advice on anything, please send us an email and we'll be more than happy to talk about it in an upcoming episode. Mm -hmm. Send Chacha some extra love for being vulnerable today. Send her some words of encouragement all good things follow our instagram at playdate season szn you know what it is and i think that's it for today thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time in our next playdate got a blast bye good job cha-cha thanks ro I don't like it. Mm -mm. Don't like it. Oh, you don't? (laughs) 